to King. King will barge over. Will he get it down? Yes, he does. There's the premiership. Wilson runs to the line. He's got Buxton with him. It's been put on the toe. It's going to be to try. Joy Jobson's got the try. Window will get their second. You always think the league cars Newcastle Hunters home rugby league. Welcome back to another episode of League Castle. Chris McPherson bringing you this episode, the first of two again this week. This episode will be covering off on all things Denton Engineering Cup. Uh, we're going to have a special guest along shortly, as well as my regular co-host, who also is uh, a special guest every week that we're fortunate to have in Josh Spiegelman. Uh, Josh is brought to us by Lake Macquarie Forklift Services with his Stats Man's Performers of the Week. And of course... Our show every week, every episode, is brought to you by Sharp DS Central Coast. So Sharp Document Services Central Coast are the go-to for all your office printing equipment needs. Make sure you get in touch with the team there and uh, see how they can assist your business and support the guys that support our show. But uh, today's episode, the first of two, as I alluded to there, will cover off on the Denton Cup. We've got Josh coming on and then we're going to sit down with the Wong Ruse custodian, Luke Sharp to talk about the Ruse season so far, uh, performing above expectations of many, sitting up in the top four as it stands and really nipping at the heels of Cessnock and Maitland. So looking forward to that chat with Sharpie, who's been an outstanding performer for them for the last few years. Again, in terms of keeping up to date with all of your League Castle content, there's two places to go. The first is on Facebook, League Castle AUS on Facebook, or just search for League Castle in your search bar. And on Instagram, League Castle AU. Finally, before we kick it off with Josh, the other thing that we'd ask of you is please rate and review the show on your favourite podcast platform because it enables us to get the show out to more and more people, expand the reach of the show, expand the coverage of the wonderful competitions that we cover, and bring in some more partners to support the show, which means we can give back more to local rugby league. Finally, there is a second episode coming later in the week. I'll touch on a little bit more in the close, but it'll be covering off Newcastle and Hunter Rugby League and the Central Coast Rugby League, and we've got something a little bit special coming in that, hence the standalone episode. But it's time to kick it all off, so let's go and catch up with the stats man, Josh Spiegelman, thanks to Lake Macquarie Forklift Services. Well, let's kick off another episode of League Castle in our traditional way with our favourite co-host. He is none other than the uh, the man you'd want to be caught with at a stock take because he's better at counting than anyone I know. Josh Spiegelman, welcome back to League Castle for another week, mate. Thanks, Chris, mate. Love the intros each week. It's good to be back. A short week to review this week, or shorter, only four games, but boy, we had some big numbers thrown up in these games, mate. Uh, a record nearly fell in metres and and plenty of other big ones to go through. So looking forward to, to wrapping up all the four games. I know it's not something you would attract, but I reckon that matchup would have been a record for a metre-on-metre matchup. I, I, you know, just, just anecdotally, it'd have to be bloody close. Oh, definitely, mate. Yeah, we're referring to, of course, Wyong versus the Hawks, the centre matchup there, uh, right centre, Isaac Blackhall for the for the Wyong Roos against uh, Kai Cooper uh, for the Hawks there on the left centre. That was, yeah, over 400 and I think 70 metres between the two and a bunch of other stats to go through. That That's tremendous. And, yeah, that, those boys will be exhausted matching up against each other, I'm sure, after that effort. It's half a K for round numbers. Not too bad at all. And, uh, 
yeah, we'll, we'll catch up with Luke Sharp from the Wangaroos uh, a little bit later in this episode. And uh, again, with the magic of uh, podcasting, I can tell you some hints as to what he might have talked about. But certainly, uh, Wong, are very aware that Isaac Blackhall will not be flying under the radar much longer. Yeah, that's right, mate. I don't think even even if we didn't put that graphic up for Lee Castle, words got around about his talent, mate. I think he's still pretty young, right? So he's got a lot of um, lot of potential, that kid. Previously a back row, a hooker. He certainly looks like an out-and-out centre now up against a former cup player, but uh, or well, a current cup player who's been in and out of the night side, but we'll get back to that. Let's kick it off, mate. Let's head to Harker Oval on Saturday afternoon. West versus South. There's no love lost in this one. Both sides, some changes to their sides, but it was South's as uh, was probably predicted by quite a few of our punters that got home uh, in a bit of an arm wrestle, 18-12, uh, a late mistake by West uh, saw their opportunity to snatch the lead, go begging, and South sealed it with a late try to uh, get home by six. Yeah, that's right, mate. And this is probably one of, I'd say, three three games that you could call basically a rivalry match in this round. You've got West-South, you've got um, obviously the grand final rematch between the Scorps and Malin, and then the Korea Cup, Central and Lake, so... Oh, yeah, this is first one here at Harker, mate. This out of the three was probably the biggest grind, um, as the scoreline kind of suggests, 18-12. But um, South, like, were really under the pump early in this one. They weathered a, I'd say, 10 to 15-minute storm by West that didn't give West much. And, um, yeah, it just, just turned into a real grind after that, back and forth. It was muddy underfoot in the middle of Harker. Uh, slowed the game down a fair bit. A um, few errors and penalties for both sides. But, yeah, the Lions emerged with, with an important two points. That they did. Uh, it's going to be very key. I was just on the Newcastle Rugby League podcast a little bit earlier today and we're talking about those teams now that sit below South. South with that win sort of sitting in equal fifth, but West Lake Central and then especially the Hawks and Curry, uh, they might be forgiven for having their focus elsewhere other than you know potential finals aspirations at the moment. But those three teams, West Lakes and Central, while they're only two points behind fifth, they're going to have to get a move on, mate, uh, if, they, if they want to make sure they're still there when the whips are cracking and fighting for finals berths because it could become quite heated and uh, it could get away from them quite quickly if they don't start chalking some wins. Yeah, definitely, mate. We did a lot of watch just on the Instagram story today and it's, it's mighty close and hard to predict in that middle middle bunch of the table. You've got your, I won't say front runners, but the most consistent, Cessnock and, and Mayland up there and then the two coast teams have, improved out of sight this year and then yeah there's only one other spot to talk about after that we can get into the finals and there's about four or five teams that are looking at that that fifth and obviously long season ahead but as we look at it now so yeah really interesting to see how it shapes up every win's important we all know that so yeah it just adds adds to each round certainly does and five out of 11 is uh even tighter maths than five out of 10 that it was before the hawks joined so we will watch that with bated breath just over a third of the season gone but Let's turn our focus back to this one. A four tries to two win by South Newcastle. And as you said, a bit of a grind. Um, some interesting appearances. And Gara Barker uh, popping up on the other side of this this battle after starting the season with South, which was interesting to see. And look, West, West were right in this. And yeah, by no means would they be, uh, like they'd be disappointed with the result, but not disappointed probably with a lot of the efforts that um, I'm sure you'll highlight with some of our notable performances and the points that we go through. Yeah, definitely, mate. A couple for West uh, honourables just missed out, but uh, this guy made the, the second team of the week, Jake Goodwin. He's been a consistent performer in the front row for them this year. Uh, 100% defence, which isn't out of the ordinary for himself. Uh, a team high end game high, 151 metres off 18 carries. So not not many fancy stats, tackle breaks or anything like that, but just mean potatoes. But that's what you want, mate, sometimes in a grind. He didn't let the team down. He wasn't a reason why they lost. And then you've also got West winger, um, 
Kainu uh, Waino, who camped, I probably butchered that, but um, mate, his game was great. 145 metres on the wing there, 11.2 a carry and a line break. He was really strong at the back. Um, so those two West boys, a round of applause for them. Yeah, great performances from both of them. And as you say, uh, yeah, certainly Goodwin has been a uh, just a, just a standout for them. Like he's just been so solid throughout the early parts of the season. Uh, continues just to do all the uh, probably the unfashionable hard work through the middle, which is what you want from a front rower, and uh, continues to to do what he can. Uh, but mate, uh, let's keep on pushing. Uh, any honourables from the uh, the boys in the red and white, the winners, South Newcastle. Yeah, two from them as well, mate. Um, uh, another forward, Jack Welsh, came off the bench, a really strong performance in this one, 120 metres and 96% defence, so a fair few carries as well. So his work rate was great in the middle. He's growing each season. You can see why he got picked for the Rebels a representative team. And then you've also got Angus Ernst, a bit of a interesting bench makeup for uh, South this week. They had both Logan Jones and Angus Ernst, two smaller bodies on the bench. Uh, so Ernst came on, I forget when in the game, but he came on to play halves. I think Glamble shifted back to lock. He came on and had two line break assists, a try and assist, and a try contribution. So he had his hands in everything and probably unlucky to miss out on the points. Yeah, you, you talk about that interesting late shuffle and uh, for the second week in uh, recent memory, Bobcat naming, uh, let's just say, a bigger body at, at halfback on the uh, play rugby league. I was really disappointed that Carl and Pettit didn't put up some uh, magical numbers like he did earlier in the year and we could have named him a halfback in team of the week and just had everyone lose their mind a little, which, and it would have been, no, look, play rugby league, he's a halfback. Uh, says so right there. So uh, anyway, we, we know what happens as soon as that happens. Ryan Glenville will shift into the halves to start the game for them. And uh, I think it was Affleck that started in the halves for them last time, allegedly. So the boys are just mixing it up. They might be, uh, you know, if they go into the transfer market next year, their value might be added a bit more when they're a prop slash halfback. That'd be a, a dream matchup in Supercoach. Yeah, Bobcat just looking out for his fellow forwards there, mate. Empty up the surprise a bit. <laughs> He certainly is, mate. He certainly is uh, just looking after the boys to pad their uh, their contracts when it comes time. But uh, and a man who doesn't need to pad his contract has picked up the one point, and he's been uh, look since he's gone from Maitland down to South. He's been an absolute you know phenom really at fullback for them. Yeah, he was a great find. Um, repowered for South, come across there from Maitland a couple of years ago. He had a, um, a try assist in this game uh, and a line break assist with that uh, two tackle bust. Uh, really important no errors at fullback in this type of game and 140 metres so uh, it was tight between him and Angus uh, for the one point but I've given it to Reed, uh, Reeve there so well done to him uh, we'll move on to the two points here and a West uh, forward features uh, it's not Jake Goodwin who's been brushed over it's actually their prop forward off the bench Brock Gardner uh, really really strong in this game probably one, one or two of the best ones I've seen him play this season he had a try 144 metres a line break Fourteen tackles at ninety-three percent. So in limited minutes, he put up a lot of those numbers. Um, One hundred and forty-four meters in limited minutes is really good. So well on to Brock for two points. And it's all about the benches in this game because another man coming off the bench took the maximum points home. Uh, yet Angus Ernst, you, you almost had a clean sweep of benches. Had Ernst pipped Howard for that <laughs> one point. Yeah, it would have been, mate. Yeah, it's, um, yeah, it's one of those games, right? It's a grinding game. The, the, the starters, you know, not really putting up any numbers and. Or any any flashy numbers, and that's that's a that's the thing about stats, right? Like you know they're putting up you know Simo and everything like constant good numbers, but then you got guys coming off the bench when people are a bit tired, they exploit that. But I mean they're the flashy numbers that everyone wants to see, mate. And that that three points goes to Logan Jones, the super sub for South. He came on, I think he played wing for a bit, mixed around the back. Anyway, he scored two tries, two of their three tries, um, two line breaks, five tackle busts. 
and you just can't understate sorry the importance of that kind of effort um, in a tight grinding game. Like, I guess the word is he's broken the game open. So um, sorry, two, they scored four tries. So two out of their four tries south. Uh, so really well done to Logan. Yeah, very well done and uh, getting his name up in lights. Speaking of people, before we move on, mate, I know you shared it on the story, but we do love to make sure we shout out the milestones. Uh, another milestone racked up for South Newcastle on the weekend. Oh, what was that one, mate? Sorry, I've had 80 things. Oh, that's all right. Uh, I, I, believe it was, I believe it was Jared Flanagan, maybe 100 games. Ah, oh, yes, it's the first story of the week. Yeah, 100 uh, first grade appearances for South Newcastle. Uh, the Flash, as they like to call him. Um, Jared Flanagan, he didn't let himself down in this game. Um, been a great career and, and a good servant to South. Certainly has. I'm sure there's plenty more. He's got uh, the way he's been playing this year. He's got plenty more games in those legs, that's for sure. And uh, hopefully we'll see him in a couple of seasons' time rack up the 150 and start going to seeing a few more of these players get the uh, bigger milestones and, and one club milestones. They're great to see once the 100's an amazing achievement. That's when they start to go into those next numbers that you just know that they're absolute heart and soul servants of those clubs, but no disrespect to Jared there. Well done on the 100 games, mate. Let's uh, keep on moving on and let's go to, um, well, they talk about the, the battles of Brookvale. Um, I don't know what we're going to call this, the melees of Maitland. Maitland versus Macquarie, 23-16. At one point, it was 12 versus 10. Had all sorts of things go on. We've had a player cited afterwards for alleged vilification of a match official. It's all happening. We'll leave the judiciary to clean out the wash because we're just here to talk numbers and stats, mate. But... Look, it was well worth the price of admission in terms of this one. It finished close, um, and some of the players were very close to each other at different points during the game. Yeah, mate. Maitland versus Scorps, that's becoming a, a pretty big rivalry right now, mate. It'll probably bigger than the Seth Not Curry historical one, just based on recent results. And yeah, this this game started, and Maitland scored the first three tries of the match. And, and you think, as, as you do with Maitland, oh, like, it's going to be a long day for the Scorps coming up, right, conceding three tries, but. They dug deep. They, they made a contest out of it. They got um, one before half time, and yeah, big big Sam Anderson, the inspirational leader there at Maitland, was playing really great. And as you alluded to, yeah, he was the guy that got sent off for a, a nasty incident alongside um, Baden Sill, who copped a sin bin for uh, the Scorps. And then you also had James Taylor getting a sin bin for uh, reenacting Sam Friday's greatest moments, and and then and then not to the shock of everyone, a third sin. Uh, Third, uh, in being, yeah, 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 uh, Alex Langbridge, uh, for, for a bit of back chat to the ref there. So, 12 on 10, you don't say that too often, do you, mate? And, um, yeah, the next 10 minutes after that, this corpse probably couldn't have couldn't have had a, a worse 10 minutes to capitalize on, mate. Maitland scored in that period, I think, one of the games. So, um, yeah, Scorps will take a bit out of that and, and look at that period and see where they can ice key moments, I think. Yeah, I think they certainly, uh, Rachel, have them going back to the drawing board in terms of how to better capitalise on that, uh, well, in this case, two-man advantage. But it's sometimes an interesting challenge, but especially when you're down your key person and they're, you know, they're, they're down three, it w- would have felt like there's a lot of bloody space out there, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah, you would have made, but a few penalties, I think an error here or there, and it flipped it, and then Maitland scored up a scrum, if I'm not, not mistaken. So, yeah, and then they obviously had some gamesmanship on the conversion and the and the kickoff as well, so um, yeah, that, that that wasted some time. But then you've got a as well. Uh, we, we should mention that Luke Higgins didn't return in this game for the Scorps. He went off injured at some point of the match, so we hope he's okay. We know how important he is to Macquarie. We certainly do, mate. But uh, let's I guess move into the honourable mentions, and we've probably got 
and, and I might get on the front foot here because I've already had some feedback on this in terms of Sam Anderson and uh, him making his way into our teams of the week. And I, and I would suggest, knowing what I know, that he'll probably be in your honourable mentions. But we need to be clear to people, at the end of the day, Sam played a couple of fairly significant stints. And what we are putting up here is based on the statistical efforts of their performance. Yes, there is a statistical impact to take into consideration, and Josh, you and I had this conversation already, um, around players being sent off and the disadvantage they leave their team at. And had Sam been sent off and then that led to Maitland losing, it might have been a slightly different statistical weighting that Josh applied to it, but at the end of the day, his performance was still one of the standout half a dozen or so based on the stats that he put up, mate. And I'll, I'll leave that for you to lead into, and you know that's certainly how I took it from the conversation you and I have had. Yeah, that's right, mate. And say so if he got sent off earlier in the game, obviously probably wouldn't have got in the points based off the, the big handicap he gives his his team, um, but also the lack of time he has to put up the stats in the first place. Um, but yeah, yeah, you can't understate what a player does in that 60-odd minutes before the send-off. And if no one else, I guess, on the field supersedes him in stats, uh, even with that send-off, then he's still got to get a mention and get in the team of the week, which he did. So... Yeah, Sam Anderson, he scored a try, had 105 metres, a line break, uh, four tackle busts and 92% defence, which was a great all-around effort and one of the more solid um, of the game. But yeah, not not just not enough to get in the points based on probably the last 20 minutes. Uh, you've also got two honourables for, for the score, Spade and Searle, uh, another one in the Sinbin, but aside from that, 104 metres, a really, really strong running game from Bade in this game with a try assist to boot, and a line break assist and four tackle busts. And then one of the Scorps bench props, Jordan Pope, I thought he had a really, really important impact in this game. Uh, where, uh, now I'm thinking about it, he got more minutes because Higgins obviously didn't come back, but 128 metres for him to top their entire forward pack, uh, 23 tackles and 96%. So I think Jordan deserves a shout out there. Certainly does. Those are some pretty solid numbers to be putting up there and uh, you know showing his value to the squad, mate. But uh, those being honourable mentions, uh, do we roll straight into the minors or what else have we got to add to this one uh, in terms of the grand final rematch? No, we can roll into the minors and it's similar to the last game with Logan Jones, another super sub here, Cody Bryant, uh, well known around the league, Castle Trap, um, wearing number 13 this game, but off the bench. So he's had that similar impact. He's come on, he's scored two tries, two line breaks, both from dummy half, caught Malin unawares. By the line, you don't often do that once, let alone twice, with the quality of, of goal line defence they have. Uh, four tackle bust to boot, so well done to Cody. Um, he's the Scorps player that gets the point. Well done to Cody. I know Bo Earl will be very happy about that, mate. Can you can you confirm? I, I haven't watched the highlights in full yet of this. Uh, was there any of those trademark C. Bryant pirouettes that we uh, that we got earlier in the season? No, I think he's going. He's learned his le- his knees have learned their lesson. I think he's um, he's going hard, low, and straight. So. No, no. No ACLs on the on the horizon, hopefully, for Cody. Keeping his pirouettes for his Instagram influencing. I like it, mate. Uh, well, you've, you've hinted at it. You said he was the one Macquarie player. That leads me to think that it's two of the men in white, black, and green trim that uh, have picked up the major points. Who was it that's outshone the double of Cody Bryant? Yeah, that's right, mate. It's uh, the winger for uh, Maitland there, Will Neuenhauser. Uh, two points for him with a try, four tackle buffs, two line breaks, and 148 metres. So, Will... He's, he really continues to grow each game and, and him and uh, Bradley on either side, that's a great... Uh, you'd love to have those two wingers in your team to Maitland. So uh, we move on to the three points. Uh, it's big Jaden Butterfield here. Scored a try had with a line break, two tackle busts, uh, 167 metres, which was a game high, 18 carries and 94% defence with a fair few tackles. So 
Jaden's done a, a big shift there and, and a big reason as to why they managed to come out with the win when they obviously went down Sam Anderson in the middle. That's, that's pretty impressive. Just over nine metres of carry, absolutely carting it up and, uh, as you said, would have carried some extra load. So well done to Jaden, not only getting the three points, but uh, after the tipping display, which we'll get into in a moment uh, from his brother, has probably uh, reclaimed the alpha position in the family, mate. I think so, mate. Yeah, I don't know what happened to Ethan. He's, uh, he's fallen off the pace, but it's only been a week or two. I'm sure he'll be back in the tipping. Yeah, we need to get him back on form so we can get him on the show. But let's move along to the next of the games. We're now to Game 3. And another one that was decided in a reasonably close margin. Wyong got out of the blocks really well here, but uh, came back to the field. The Northern Hawks finishing well, and that's got to build some confidence up on the peninsula in terms of the Hawks and their chances. And, yeah, I can tell you... Um, Right now, there's some people talking that the Hawks are very close to their first winter season, and those people aren't just in the Northern Hawks camp. Yeah, that's right, mate. It's uh, similar to the last game we just spoke about where you open the game and one team comes out flying. So, yeah, Wyong in the first 10 minutes just rolled through the rock, mate. They bullied in the middle there. Easy metres. They scored twice. Then a third time was 18-0. Then Hawks jagged the try just before half-time against the run of play was off an intercept and then an offload and uh, yeah they kicked on in the second half and really made it a, con- a contest so it actually was 18-16 at one point uh, with, with, with the Hawks scoring three tries in a row before Wyong iced the game so yeah lots to take away positively for the Hawks and it's, yeah it's not just the Hawks who think you know they're, they're in with a chance to win soon they play like that you know Wyong has been one of the front runners this year. I think they had a they had a lap before the bye, but um, they're not an easy beat, especially down there. So um, yeah, uh, oh yeah, I've got a note here for the Hawks. They had um, twelve completed sets in a row in the second half, which is an example of how much they're growing as a team. You haven't seen that all season from them, or, or if, like most teams, to be fair. So so great stuff by the Hawks. Yeah, it's a great string of play they managed to put together, and uh, no uh, coincidence aligned with that sort of rush they put on and uh, got back to, as you say, within touching distance of Wong, but Wong just showing their class. And it's interesting. Uh, I know I catch myself doing it as well, but, um, you know, it's one of those things at the moment. Wong and the entrance, we still sort of talk about them, even though they're sitting equal with Maitland on points, we still talk about them like they're in a, in a different sort of class of competition. But there's got to be a turning point now. We're past a third of the way through the season. If they can maintain this for another couple of weeks and we get to the midpoint of the season and they're still right there, uh, you know, people are going to have to start taking them seriously. And we've, we've tongue-in-cheek. I had the conversation with Will Pearsall a couple of weeks ago, and I've had it again tonight with Luke Sharp. It'd be um, a bit of a mind-blowing thought for a lot of uh, what I call, in inverted, new, inverted commas, Newcastle Rugby League fans. But it's not absolutely completely out of the question that we could somehow find ourselves on that second or third Sept- Sunday in September at McDonald Jones Stadium with Wyong playing the entrance for the Denton Engineering Cup. No, mate, that's not out of the, the realm of possibility at all. They're, they've both been strong. I think the difference between them and the Cessnock and Maitlands is, is consistency throughout the game. There's periods where Wyong on entrance will drop off a little bit, five minutes here, five minutes there, and that's when one of those other teams with a bit of experience in big games in this league might get you. But as we mentioned, like it's not even halfway of the season. They've got plenty of time to work on those little periods, and they know that as well. So... Yeah, by the time we get to the grand final, mate, that's if not both, I would not be surprised if one of those teams teams made it. But we turn back to this match, mate, and some massive numbers across both of these teams statistically. So, like, if you played super coach, you want some equity in this game. There's um, that centre matchup we alluded to at the top of the show, and a, a fair few other numbers to get through, mate. So, 
Unless you have anything else to add, I'll jump in a fair few honourables. Yeah, let's punch into the honourables, mate. Um, as you say, plenty of uh, attacking stats and plenty of stats in general to go through. Yeah, mate. Um, Kai, Kai Hopwood, mate, there. Wyong's second row. He's had a really hot start to the season. Another double for him here. A line break, four tackle busts, 110 metres and 30 tackles. Somehow doesn't get you a point in this game, so that shows you where we're at. Um, Kai Cooper, not a point. Can you believe? 209 metres of 20 carries, 10 tackle busts, a line break, four offloads. Just a couple of defensive lapses that, that kept him out of the points for me in that negative realm. Uh, you go on to uh, Quincy Ross, they played at number eight this game, usually the lock, so I guess through the middle, same old. He scored a try, 177 metres of 21 carries, two offloads, two tackle busts, a line break, 24 tackles. I think actually this game was the first this season or in a while that I've seen three players in a game get over 20 carries. So there was a lot of ball in play in this and made my job my day longer, but I did not mind one bit because this was a very enjoyable game to watch. We've got... Um, Two uh, Ruse boys in the Honourables, uh, Levi Kassoon, the winger. Another hot start to the year. With a, he's got the try in this one. Five tackle busts, a line break, 149 metres. All of his carries over eight metres, which is that benchmark you want to get. He's electric, mate. Him and Sharpie are really electric backs. And we move on to Sharpie here with 183 metres from fullback. 11 tackle busts, a line break, a line break assist, a try assist, a line break contribution, three offloads. None of those boys I've just mentioned even got a point in this game. Each one of them made one of the team of the week, though, so that you can see why a lot of Hawks and Wyong dominated both teams of the week. Yeah, at one point I thought you getting two teams of the week out of um, four games might have been a, a tight squeeze this week, mate, but the players stepped up when they knew you needed them and plenty of them putting in some strong showings because there's pretty much every one of those players in 50-plus percent of the games this year, if they put those stats up, would have got possibly two or even three points in some games. 100%, mate. That's that's the bad thing about this Dallium thing, right? You can only give one, two, threes, and this game would have been nice to give one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eights, but you just can't do it. So we'll move on to the points, and this is the one Hawks player who made it in, uh, Floyd Ty. So he he's usually known as a half, correct me if I'm wrong, but he played in jersey number nine and did play hooker for most of the game. Um, so well under Floyd here. He had uh, the two try assists with two line break assists, a line break of his own, a tackle bust, 12.2 metres to carry out of dummy half, which is fantastic. And then you put in the fact that he made 42 tackles at a high percent, which was second most in their team. That's, that's contributions on both sides of the ball. Didn't let anyone down at hooker. And you can correct me if I'm wrong. I, th- I think he's a known half, right? Yeah, normally plays 5'8", Floyd. So uh, we might have, have some Ben Hunt stylings about him at the moment. Uh, and, and unfortunately for Floyd, the problem when you do so well out of, out of your normal position is people start talking about maybe, you know, maybe you're better off at that position and, when you have a look at their halves pairing as well with Liam Walsh, we know they've got Luke Walsh in the depth of their squad currently. And then Kendall Fay turns up in the seven jersey. It's, um, they're, they're pretty replete with halves, that's for sure. But, yeah, it was only a couple of weeks ago I called the Knights and Panthers New South Wales Cup and Floyd Ty was playing 5-8 for the, the Knights New South Wales Cup. So um, you're doing, doing quite well when you can convert that into a, into a hooker and do so with absolute aplomb. 100%, mate. Yeah, he, he was great. Great to watch, really sharp. Uh, led their team. It was really good to see. I'll move on to the two points here, and that that one goes to uh, the Wyong half, who's known to play a bit of fullback or half. Arana uh, Tamata, uh, one try, 159 metres off 18 carries. I think that's the highest carry count as like from a half that I've seen in a, quite a while. That metreage is impressive. Uh, you add in four tackle busts, a line break, five offloads, 
all of them effective. That's a key stat. You know, you don't want those offloads that, you know, can lead to errors dribbling along the ground. Um, and then also two line break assists. So he's had a day out in number six. He led them around really well. Obviously there with um, Hannigan and seven, but yeah, really strong game for Arana in this one. Uh, really good. Yeah, he's, he's absolutely on fire. And, and I'm going to dig into this a little bit with Sharpie later on. But this bloke is an absolute freak. And no surprise that he gets through those sorts of meters, mate. Have you have you seen much of Arana's social media and what he gets up to on the day after games? Yeah, he messaged the the group. He's um he's a big marathon runner. So the day after the day after games, he runs marathons. But anyway, we'll get into that with Sharpie later on because that's just mental. <laughs> I can't even think about like mate, I, I did one touchline the other week, and I was nearly in bed for a week afterwards. I'm, I'm that busted up. And he's a bloke that's put his body through the rigors of NRL, and now he's just run marathons for recovery. Like mental. <laughs> anyway, well done to Arana. But mate, uh, he's not the man we're here to talk about. The man with the three points, huge numbers. And as we talked about, you know, there's, you know, it's some pretty big names that were in this this centre matchup in terms of we talked about Kaya Cooper, we talk, you know, you have a look, Blake Andrews has been a star over the last few years, Tamanu Alexander was a gun for Central last year and has put up some huge numbers this year, but a man who eclipsed them all and did so up against a man who started his season in the New South Wales Cup for the Knights in Kaya Cooper took the three points and yeah, huge numbers, mate. Yeah, that's right, mate. It's a good wrap there for Isaac Blackhall, um, the centre for Wyong. So let me rattle off these numbers here. 22 carries from centre, which is rare in itself. Like, so was Kai's um, 20. So that's obviously 42 carries between them. 262 metres from those carries. So that's the second most on my record books in this league since about 2017 from any player, forward or back or fullback. Um, obviously behind Matt Sopalola's 277, I'm pretty sure, last year. It's come pretty close. Okay, that's just the metres. So 10 tackle busts, three line breaks, one line break assist, two try assists. So the bloke hasn't scored a try, which is the only thing he hasn't done, and he's still got a, a 138 supercoach points without a try, which is a pretty handy knock and some a score you don't usually see without crossing the stripe. So that goes to show you what effort he's put in, uh, I guess, aside from that. So well done to Isaac. A phenomenal game. Yeah, absolutely huge. And the numbers between him and Kaya, mate, there must be, dead said, a, a motorway down that side of the field after the amount of running those two boys <laughs> have done. Uh, well done to Isaac. And, yeah, as I said, uh, Mitchie Williams, if you thought he was going to fly under the radar for much longer, mate, not only is he not going to fly under the radar in terms of other teams, and uh, focusing on him for the rest of the season, 2023. But, geez, they're going to, you know, if I'm wild, I'm probably trying to lock him up for a couple of years, a young, you know, second rower slash hooker who's just turned into, at the moment, one of the form centres of the competition. 100%, mate. Yeah, I don't know much about the bloke, like age-wise, contract-wise, and I didn't even know he used to play those positions. So thanks for telling me and the listeners. But, uh, yeah, exciting prospects, and I'm sure... Mitch Williams is, is, yeah, as we speak, getting the pen and paper out with a signature. <laughs> yeah, certainly, mate. Um, I will I will just preface that with an asterisk and say if that is incorrect about that positional stuff, that that's what sh- we got from Sharpie in his interview, which you'll hear a little bit later on. Um, and if it is incorrect, Isaac, then uh, take it out on Sharpie uh, at training, possibly in the wet if you if he, if he gets out there for it. So, um, yeah, well done, though, to Isaac. And, mate, he just keeps on keeping on. And, um, yeah, we look forward to seeing more of that for him uh, and Wyong throughout the year. But that is not the end of the round. We still uh, have another game to pull apart, the Korea Cup, which was the final game of the round. And look, for 40 minutes, this was a, uh, a fairly decent encounter. And then Central just turned on the afterburners like we didn't know they had in the second half. 
and ran away with this one to finish 33-8. to eight, A peculiar scoreline, but a nice comfortable win for Central and sees them pull up level on points with Lakes and West. Yeah, you wouldn't have thought so at half-time. I think it was about 12-8 to, to Central and it was a really tight game there. Both teams completing and error counts and penalties all about the same click and then Second half, it was it was definitely a combination of Central hitting their straps, playing to their nearly best ability, and a combination of Lakes playing to their probably worst, mate. Their completions went off a cliff, penalties, just everything that went wrong went wrong. I, I don't think injuries, luckily, touch wood that I saw, but um, yeah, just one for Lakes to move on from and I guess learn from, mate, that's all you can say. But I did have two, two Lakes boys in the Honourables, um, just from a stats point of view. Ryan Potts, he continued off on at fullback there. He had a team high, 169 metres, so you're pretty good from the back there, and, and seven tackle busts. And James Johnson, the obviously um, experienced centre, we can say now, he's still young, but he had some time off at the Broncos, and that's two games in a row he's played. Two games in a row he's, he hasn't let the team down, 116 metres, eight tackle busts, and 93% defence. So both James and Ryan made the second team of the week, but yeah, not much else to write home about Lakes, mate. They'll look to to rebound next week, and as Bubba said, it doesn't get any easier. They got test knock away, so yep, they're going to have to play a bit better than that. They certainly will, and they'll have to hope that uh, the two weeks off of uh, uh, rattled Cessnock's cage somewhat, because uh, that's yeah, that's a big ask to play Cessnock up there, and. You know, at the end of the day, uh, we'll see what Lakes can come back with because you know you don't want to be stringing together too many losses, and you know it doesn't continue to get any easier as you say because they sort of head into that game and then they back it up with a game against Macquarie. So a tough run for the next couple of weeks for them, and they'll need to start hitting the winners list. But mate, let's move into the points here, and uh, what are we looking at in terms of Central or, or potentially some honourable mentions from Central as well, based on the showing that they've put in. Yeah, some honourables there too, mate. I just realised when you said that schedule, I'm pretty sure Macquarie's on a bye this week, so Lakes will get Macquarie off a bye as well. That's two teams off a bye, so fingers crossed for them, mate. Could be a tough, bumpy ride, but they got the players to weather that storm, so we'll head into the, the honourables for Central. Um, Don Murphy off the, came off the bench this game. I don't know if it was a maintenance thing or, or whatnot, but had a try, a line break, two tackle buffs, 117 metres and 91% on defence, so great from the bench. And their centre, Justin Wally, was strong again. A try assist, line break assist, three tackle busts, 100% defense. That was great in the centers. Uh, we'll move on to the one point. I'm uh, going to give that to Fletcher Kennedy, their number seven. A try, a try assist, a line break assist, a line break, two tackle busts, and a forced dropout. So uh, Fletcher uh, really did well at that half-back position this game. He's really making it his own and, uh, yes, yeah, stepping up and taking ownership of this team uh, after the departure of Luke Walsh last year and Ryan Walsh. So, uh, yeah, he's been... Uh, been Solid for them throughout the season, and hopefully we can see a bit of consistency in that halves pairing now that Cal Edwards is back as well. Yeah, Cal Edwards looked good as well, mate. That's a, some good consistency building after a few games with, with him back there. And uh, Speaking of consistency, we'll move on to two points, and uh, Joey Morris, the hooker, returned for this one from an injured, injured, injury layoff. Um, he scored a try with a line break, four tackle busts. He also had three try assists and two line break assists, so... Uh, post on Instagram that first first try assist was a great uh, flat flat fleet uh, ball to, to Nick Ritter to, to dive over, and the second one was a really nice heads up kick from dummy half to their winger um, who scored in the corner. So yeah, Joey Morris was in fine touch this game and, and well deserving of two points. He certainly is. Uh, he's like a fine wine. Joey Morris keeps getting better with age, and he's been a great acquisition across the central from Souths, but. 
Mate, there was a man who beat him out, and this man, I enjoyed the highlight that you put up there because if you didn't know otherwise and didn't see the number on his back, geez, he, he was a, he was a ball-playing 5'8 or half-back throwing. Harbour Bridge cut out balls onto the chest of a man, uh, on the chest of Wally, who then popped it out the back for a magical try in the corner. But uh, he's not a half-back. He's a try-scoring front-rower, and there's not much he can't do the big unit. And I know uh, when we weren't, or when you weren't doing the stats for Central, mate, uh, he, uh, he was chasing pretty hard in regards to uh, getting some stats of his own. And uh, now not only is he putting up some stats, but he's topping the stats men's performer of the week uh, for this game. Yeah, that's right, mate. Big Nick Ritter there, number 10 there for Central. Uh, great performance in this one. Yeah, obviously, there's a three-point suggest. Man of the match for me with a try, 152 metres, which topped their team. A line break with that try, three tackle busts, two offloads. Also had a try contribution, a line break contribution, which is what you alluded to. So that's probably a good point for to discuss. Uh, so he threw the Harbour Bridge pass, and then Justin Worley catches it, runs uh, five to ten metres, and then delivers a beautiful flip to their winger, URC. So uh, in some cases, you could have given a try assist to Nick Ritter if um, the centre Worley didn't do as much, if it was just a link tap on. But because Wally ran that meterage and drew the defender and flicked the offload or flicked the, the pass to the winger, you have to give him the try assist. So that's that's kind of a quick definition of a try contribution, which is what Nick Ritter got for that beautiful pass. And he also had 100% on defense, which is, is all you can ask for um, from a man in the middle. So Nick has done wonderfully well. He also nearly had another try assist and a line break assist with a flat ball on the line. But unfortunately for him, the ref caught it forward. Um, that would have really yeah, piled on the misery for Lakes, but they got they called that one back, and um, I'm sure Nick's furious, but he walks away with three points here. Yeah, hopefully the three points will soften the blow for Nick, and well, if he can continue that sort of form, uh, it's going to go a long way towards Central, chalking a few more Ws. As the season progresses, mate, uh, he's been an absolute star for them, and again, like Joey, um, very astute signing for the men in blue and white. Yeah, that's great, mate. Yeah, it's good to see him back from a, a week or so off as well with the injury. And, um, yeah, he, he is really important to that team. Um, they're packed a bit, I guess, I'd say inexperienced, but young um, in some areas. And, yeah, he, he's a leader there for him. So, well done to Nick. And um, would you like to move on to the leaderboard, mate? I don't know too much has changed. Yeah, not, not a, whole, a whole lot there, um, I guess, in terms of the progression. But we'll have a run through. Uh, we've got a cluster of players um, on five, which I'll run through. Will Newenhouse making an appearance from Maitland. Will Pearsall from the entrance. Harry Croker from South. Nick Glowey from Lakes. The Pickers pair, or trio, I should know, pair, sorry, of Alex Langbridge and Brock Lamb alongside Newenhouse there. And then uh, Kai Hopwood from the Wong Roos, the consistent performer, mate. But it's a cluster in equal third uh, of, and some show favourites there as well. Yeah, Jaden Butterfield moves up with his um, three points. Uh, he's always there and thereabouts and from Maitland obviously then you've got Harry O'Brien uh, from Cessnock on six and Mitch Black from South on six too so uh, three big names in this competition it is speaking of big names in second place standalone two points clear of that cluster is Baden Searle from Macquarie but he still sits two points adrift of the man who started the competition absolutely on fire who is our well, not quite as much of a runaway leader but still quite um, you know a little buffer there for, for the man on top yeah, Hanetti Tua there with 10 points still on the top. But, uh, yeah, it's a long, long way to go. He's definitely not won it yet. And we should mention that we've just hit 70 individual players who've registered at least one point um, 
pretty sure last year we got over 100 just. So we've only, you said, a third of the way through the comp. There's already 70, so the points are pretty spread out, which is great to see. A lot of people putting their hand up and having great games. When you think about it, I'm just doing the maths here. We have had 34 games, so that's almost two new players for every game that we've done. And obviously the first couple of rounds, you were almost getting three of those, but that means that pretty much every game, at least one person is coming in for the first time at this stage, which is absolutely phenomenal. Shows the spread of phenomenal talent across our wonderful competition. And uh, those who haven't put their name up in lights yet, there's plenty of time to do so. Seven rounds gone. Um, of a 18-round uh, competition. So plenty of absolutely cracking Den Engineering Cup action and plenty of cracking stats, man, stats, thanks to Lake McCrory Forklift Services to come, Josh. Yeah, definitely, mate. Can't wait to um, keep going through the comp. Um, yeah, it's an interesting only four-game round this one, but we've returned to five next week, some pretty juicy games. And I guess talking of games and predictions, maybe we, we touch on the, the tipping leaderboard as well before I head off. Yeah, we might do that in a moment. I'm just, I'm just crunching the numbers really quickly. So there's 54 matches remaining, 34 matches gone. So that gives you an idea of how much footy there is to come and how many uh, twists and turns the Statsman's leaderboard will have. And uh, I'd say we'll probably run to about round 11 or round 12 with an open leaderboard before we tuck things away, mate, for the final run home. Yeah, that sounds good, mate. Keep, keep the viewers in suspense. All right, well, let's let's move on to the tipping. We, we uh, you know, a little preview, prelude to this just before when we talked about the slipping of our uh, illustrious leader, and I believe he's slipped so far, mate, that he's no longer uh, holding the torch at the top of the leaderboard. That's right, mate. Butterfield has let down the family there, and <laughs> it's a bit harsh. He's just dropped a couple <laughs> of tips. <laughs> mate, you're, you're a brave man throwing stones at a family that includes Jaden. Jeez, like... Uh, Hey, that, that's caref- the- careful in dark alleys around the back of Maitland at the moment. No, I gave Jaden three points, so he loves me probably. But- <laughs> I still probably wouldn't cross Ethan, to be fair, so. Yeah, neither, yeah. <laughs> no, they're both good good lads. Um, but yeah, yeah, so we run down the table. Um, Linz, L-I-N-D-Z, has nailed the four out of four, and so he gets the bonus one and moves to 38 points. Butterfield only got three out of four, as I did as well. So Butterfield's on 37, and there's a bit of a buffer Then I'm on third on 34. So uh, the lead, I'm four behind the leader. Obviously, I can't win this comp. I just like talking about myself. But then you've got a um, couple more on 33, and if I scroll down many pages, I come to Chris Lee. <laughs> mate, like always, I'm a sprinter, not a stayer, mate. I was out of the blocks hard in round one, and that was it. I'm here for a good yeah. time, not a long time. <laughs> <laughs> well, lucky there's a long, long time ago. Hey, there's, a, there's a few games for people to catch up. A couple people use their jokers this round, but forgetting there's probably only four games, so maybe a, a, a missed strategy there. But yeah, what can you do? Yeah, you can't do much there, mate. But uh, yeah, I guess uh, in terms of uh, Ethan, he'll be consoling himself um, after that. Uh, I guess bit of a bit of an underperformance, but uh, we'll be happy that. His side, the reserve grade boys for Maitland, got a win on the weekend, 32-10 to 10 over Macquarie. So they're sitting undefeated, two points clear at the top of the table. So I'm sure he'll be okay with uh, slipping on the leaderboard and the tipping, but I'm sure he'll have his focus back on shortly. I reckon he focuses on the tipping six out of seven days a week, mate. One day for game day. <laughs> Undoubtedly, mate, he's got the focus on. He'll be back in there, and uh, I'm sure he's looking at doing the uh, the unprecedented double of the uh, reserve grade premiership into the uh, into the league castle tipping competition. That, no, no, that has never been done before. I can tell you that wholeheartedly. 
Yeah, very nicely put, mate. No, it'd be great to get an inaugural winner. Um, just like the stats man a few years ago would be Royce Jeffrey. We'll, we'll never forget who the first one was, right? So, yeah, lots for up, up for grabs there. We haven't announced a prize for this tipping yet, but there is still going to be one, I'm pretty sure. So, there will, happy days. There will, and it, won't be, it might be a signed abacus. It might be cash. Who knows yet? It may be a signed abacus from the stats man. <laughs> That's more valuable than any cash in the world, mate. Don't you worry. I, I wouldn't even know where you go, where where one goes to get an abacus. Do they still sell those things, um, or do we need to go to the retirement home? And uh, yeah, maybe we need to have a chat to some of the uh, the uh, former players from uh, eras gone by. Uh, maybe I'll go and chat to Bubba and see if he knows some boys from a generation pre- previous at uh, Lakes. Although the generation <laughs> previous to Bubba at Lakes was probably Rick Stone, to be fair. So I could be going down a very dicey road here. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not going to be accused of ages, and mate, we'll end the podcast. <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. I'll just, I'll just Google. You can get them for $12 online. Beautiful. Kmart, sell them. There we go. Uh, we'll get you to autograph it, and it'll be worth $1,200. It'll be beautiful. Anyway, there that's, we go. we've gone off on a tangent. Um, yeah, that's nearly as bad of a tangent as uh, I went off, went off on the uh, Newcastle Rugby League podcast, which, again, thanks to Pete and Tony for having me on there. Make sure you do check out the Newcastle Rugby League podcast because too much rugby league content is never enough, Josh. Never enough, mate. Yeah, you do a great job on there, and um, yeah, obviously give our show a plug. So those boys do do great work. The the live audio calls and the podcast and and whatever else they got going on on social media over there is always great to see. And yeah, we like working with them, don't we, mate? We certainly do, mate. And before we go, mate, I need to give you that chance. You played against the very consistent Titans. They've scored twenty six points five rounds in a row. You figured out what the key was. You had to score more than twenty six points, and you did it comfortably. Although there would have been some nervous moments for your Knights. Yeah, a couple of nervous moments early on in the game, but yeah, just blew them off the park, mate. And I think I saw it the most points in the game since 2013 for the club. So in, in a decade, that shows you there's, there's cause for celebration. Let's, let's all go to Bali. <laughs> yeah, go and get matching Bradman best tattoos. Why not, mate? Uh, well, mate, the good news is it lifts you up to 11th on the ladder, high flying, uh, one point outside of the top eight, <laughs> but uh, three competition points behind the Mighty Raiders. Yes, mate, the Raiders look good, although the Eagles are, I'll say easy beats, but they flogged us about a month ago, but yeah, without Moses, but uh, well done to the Raiders, mate, they're looking a bit better, and uh, yeah, good luck to both of our teams. Mate, I know you love some stats, and I'm going to put them out there for you, a couple of stats now, no one has won the week after they've played the Eels, so that's ominous for the Raiders, and seven out of ten teams have won off the bye, so if you're a Warriors fan, get excited, you've got a 70% chance of winning next week. I'll take it, mate, the Warriors will take anything. They will indeed, mate. Uh, but uh, anyway, that's uh, our, our in-depth NRL wrap, uh, closing out your Statsman Performer of the Week segment and the tipping, of course. All thanks to Lake Macquarie Forklift Services and uh, a big thanks to the guys there. Check them out for all your forklift needs and uh, reach out to Josh via the page for all of your stats needs. Get into him about the uh, your thoughts on the team of the week or people that you thought were hard done by. We'd love to hear your opinions, your views and... You know, be like Jack Welsh and give us your strong, strong and unfiltered un, un, um, opinions. We love them and uh, don't share them outside of there. We just tell people that you share them with us. <laughs> That's right, mate. Now we like the interaction that builds each week. Uh, we, we've grown the Instagram page over sixteen hundred now. A lot of players involved with the chat, so it makes it worthwhile, mate. When people pay attention or or value the work we put out, um, yeah, great league, mate. It's getting better every week. Certainly is, mate. And we look forward to chatting stats with you again next week. Thank you again. And we'll chat uh, in about seven days' time. Cheers, mate. Have a good one. Well, thanks to Shipley Meats at Rutherford. It's now time to dig into the Denton Engineering Cup. And we are fortunate to be joined by a man who certainly in name and performance would be very familiar to many 
listeners of Lee Castle, and he's had plenty of mentions when we've had his captain coach on a few times over the last couple of seasons. Here's none other than Wong Roos fullback Luke Sharp. Luke, welcome to Lee Castle. Thanks, mate. Thanks for having me. Mate, um, you, you've copped a bit of a pizzling a few times when uh, Mitch has been on here before about your dislike for wet weather and, uh, you know, uh, gum boot, needing gumboots to go out on, on wet tracks and things. Here, here is your chance. Open slather. Like, you know, Mitch Williams seems like almost the perfect man when it comes to rugby league. Is there any skeletons in his closet that we need to know about? <laughs> Definitely not a fan of wet weather footy. I don't think any fullback is, but... Uh... No, I think he's hit the nail on the head there. Yeah, no good. <laughs> yeah, right. You probably don't want to get the, get the coach <laughs> yeah. offside anyway, so we might just leave that alone. Um, we I might not listen to what he's been saying. Yeah, exactly. Just, just ignore it and just listen to the, the bit that are footy focused, right? Yeah, that's it. Mate, uh, obviously, speaking of the coach and yourself, um, things are, are clicking pretty well with the, with the squad down there so far this season. Uh, just the one loss against the entrance a couple of weeks ago, which probably hurt a little being the Central Coast derby, but reasonably happy and I would think if someone had said to you after seven rounds you'd have five wins one loss and a bye you, you possibly would have taken that at the start of the season yeah of course um, we've done well at the start of the start of the season this far uh, we set ourselves some smaller goals during the year and we've completed those so far as you said we've only had the one loss to our you know rival but it's one all so um, yeah we're just trying to be competitive and set ourselves up for the rest of the season as everyone else I suppose so yeah yeah, we, been really uh, good. We had Will Pearsall on uh, the other week, and uh, we were having a chat with him about it, and he he was quite keen that um, he was happy for the ledger to be decided on grand final day. I don't know how many people in the uh, Newcastle Rugby League foot of the Denton Engineering Cup camp had uh, loved that, and it might be a bit of a trek to uh, Hunter Stadium for all of you involved. But um, I'm sure you'd be uh, up up for uh, settling the ledger on grand final day. Yeah, my my, my first thought was uh, see us in our semi-finals. That's so. Hopefully that comes about. Grand final will be even better. But yeah, as you said, uh, highly debatable that they would want to be seeing that anyway. But we'll see what happens. I yeah, guess it'll be good. There's certainly some other good sides, but both yourself and the entrance right up there at the moment, which uh, would uh, warm the cockles of the hearts of any uh, any coasties that support and follow the comp. And it's been, I'd have to say, it's probably been a fairly, fairly good success in terms of the return of Wong and the entrance to the competitions over the last couple of years. Last year, both a step short, but, and again, a long way to go in this season. You'd have to be reasonably proud of the coast representation being being someone who's uh, based down there, mate? Yeah, of course. Um, what we do is come and try and compete in this competition and prove ourselves every week that we deserve to be in this comp. You know, we're doubted by pretty much every club in this in the comp and, you know, at times we're not, we're not wanted up there and stuff. So every week we just turn up and even though it's a rivalry between us both, um, it's good to see us both up there doing well and, you know, I think we're getting third and fourth up there. So, yeah, it's, um, it's good to see. Um, you know, last year we had a, quite a few injuries and I think the entrance um, fell, fell short of quite a bit as well. But um, we both dug deep, started the year and signed some players and stuff. And, um, yeah, really putting it to Newcastle at the moment. So it's good. You certainly have, mate. In terms of, you talked about signing some players. Of those new players that have joined, you know, Wong and joined yourself this year there at the Roos, Who's stood out? Who's been the you know who have been some of the guys that have really you know just hit their straps in in the green and gold of Wyong this year? Um, new signings we've had Ryan Walsh and Arana. Uh, Walsh has been out with ligament injuries in his ankle, but Arana's been killing it for us every week. He's been starting off the bench, but um, as Walsh has been out, he's been playing in the halves, and I think he's made team of the week a few times, and yeah, he's really stepped up a bit. Um, there's a couple of players that. Didn't get to play as much last year due to injury, but Levi Kassoon's really keen for us as well. So, 
yeah. Yeah, certainly two names that we've seen plenty of in the team of the week. And, yeah, as you say, having someone of the background and experience of Arana Tamata uh, coming off the bench at the start of the year probably surprised a few. But when you had uh, Lachlan Hannigan playing the footy that he is uh, and Walsh, as you said, coming down to the club as well, uh, nice to have someone of the versatility of Arana. Although I think the first time he made the team of the week, mate, might have been when you were absent and he filled in at fullback potentially. And that have you a little bit nervous about getting the jersey back or you were pretty comfortable that you were coming straight back in? No, I was um, pretty comfortable with coming back in. Um, I think what he does is coming off the bench is um, perfect for us and it suits him really well playing up the middle and everyone he's playing in the halves, all his metres drop the middle and that's just how he plays. And, yeah, he's an exceptional talent and it's good to have him here. But yeah, um, I'm not too sure. He's pretty keen on playing fullback anyway. He wants to be up the middle. So it works for everyone. Everyone's happy around these ways. It does indeed. And you'll only get go another level when uh, while she returns. Mate, one, one I do want to ask you about Arana is... Mate, you talk about the metres that he runs. The metres that he runs off the field, mate, he is an absolute machine if you follow him on Instagram and some of the stuff that he's doing, isn't he? Mate, I couldn't believe the stuff that he does away from football. I didn't know that he was into his running and stuff. He um he turned up to training last week on a Tuesday and he's just talking about how he just did a marathon after he played football the week before. Like, we couldn't believe it. He just goes out for you know 21Ks and 11Ks and all the rest of them just, just easily after games. Like It's incredible. I don't know about you, but when I when I was playing, and I wasn't playing nearly at the level you guys are most of my career, but I could barely move some days the next half of a game. This bloke's out running marathons. He's a machine. Well, I don't know how he does it, mate. He's, yeah, he's very motivated. He, he is, mate. Very motivated, very talented, and um, a great asset for you guys. Uh, speaking of that, mate, a guy who put up some massive numbers and, and nearly broke, according to Josh, uh, the, the stats man, the uh, record that we have on file for most metres in a game, Isaac Blackall, mate, uh, very probably understated player in terms of his name and the recognition of it in the competition, but he's someone, and I, I know you'd love to probably keep him under wraps for as much as you can, but he is someone that on his day is up there with the best centres in the competition. Yeah, of course. Um, he's really um, found his rhythm this year and coming in some great form. Um, he, I'm pretty sure he's originally a back row hooker, so he's only played centre for this year and last year, I'm pretty sure. and um, yeah, I don't think he'll be going back. What he's doing these days, he's absolutely killing it. And on the weekend, he obviously put out players, player, and the rest of it, he just killed it. And, you know, every time he steps on the field, he's giving it his all, and he does some freaky things, and you know, he just turns up and does the right thing always. So, very good to have him in. Yeah, he's, he's been underrated, but I don't think for too much longer he'll be someone that's unknown. Yeah, there'll certainly be some teams keeping an eye on him. And uh, look, you know, it's a statement when you get those sort of numbers full stop. But when you do it against a guy who started the season in New South Wales Cup for the Knights in Kai Cooper, that's uh, that's some pretty impressive stuff. And uh, I'm sure he'll be continuing to uh, put up some good performances later in the season. Let's touch on, on the weekend's game, mate. Uh, the Northern Hawks, a lot of people thought you guys would, uh, you know, maybe walk over them. They're not that far away from getting a win. They're uh, really starting to find their groove and, and they took it to you. Yeah, mate, of course. Um we're just expecting, you know, them. They're they're a good team. You know, no one's a bad team in this comp, and they've been unlucky with some tight losses. But they're eventually going to get that win. We were just hoping it wasn't their day that day. You know, it was it was almost going to be their day, but yeah, it just wasn't. Yeah, understandable, mate. Uh, in terms, of, we talked about Isaac and the, the stacked competition at centre. Two other positions where this competition is so deep is fullback and hooker, two spots. And I know you'll probably be pretty modest about this, where your team's reasonably well served, certainly with Mitch. Um, we've talked about Luke Huff previously on the show at nine as well. Uh, Al Langbridge, is, you know, amongst others. 
In terms of that fullback spot, is there other players in the competition you kind of look at and you know sort of see them as the benchmark that you're trying to measure up to? Is it internally focused? Is there names out there, the Cameron Andersons, the Dan Langbridges that really stand out for you, or is it just you know more of a focusing on Sharpie and, and what you do each week? I think um, every fullback, especially in their own way, we all play very different and um, can do different variety of things. But Harry Bryan sticks out for me quite a lot. Um, in terms of other fullbacks and stuff, I just think he's the most consistent, as well as Cam Anderson. But yeah, to be honest, this year um, we've come against a few teams and we haven't really had a consistent fullback to go against. You know, it changes every year. So, you know, it's the likes of Cam Anderson and Harry O'Brien and myself and that. You just know they're just going to play in the one role, where a couple of the other teams are just mixing around. So they haven't really found their fullback, I don't think. Yeah, there's certainly some movement, and we've seen obviously, like, you know, um, Maitland had Matt Sopalawla, Dan Langbridge there at different points last year. They've had a couple of other names in there and Macquarie have brought Matt Cooper over from Lakes this year. So um, plenty of talented guys there that are either playing fullback or, or in other positions who've plied their trade, mate. But uh, yeah, I think to give yourself credit, you're certainly in that conversation. But let's have a bit of a chat about this weekend's games, mate, um, in terms of what's ahead. And we're back to a full slate after a uh, an abbreviated round last week with just the four games. Let's talk about your game first of all, mate. South Newcastle, they've been a little bit up and down. They've had some scores where they've been on the wrong end of. They've had some blowouts they've been on the right end of. They snuck home against West last week. They come down to Morrie Breen on Saturday afternoon. What's going to be the uh, the keys to, to chalking the two points and continuing your winning run and, and keeping yourselves up at the top end of the table? I think we've seen a start strong and continue that game. You know, on the weekend, we started strong up 18-0 and then just fell off and brought them back in the game. If we just play to our keys and to our strengths continuously. Um, we shouldn't have a drama. We're still remembering about them coming to Murray Breen and giving us the hiding last year. So, um, yeah, one goal of ours this year to not lose at home, and I doubt that's going to happen anytime soon. So whoever turns up on the day, I suppose, will get the W. Yeah, I know Brendan Simpson's remembering that one fondly, mate. Um, when a front row gets across for a double and one of them was a decent length from memory, uh, that uh, that goes into their scrapbook. So uh, he'll be up and about and ready for that one. So you, your big boys will have some work to do. They've got a good pack south. Yeah, they do. They've got a lot of go forward and good halves off the back of that. They're very nippy and tight-knit. So, um, yeah, we'll have to be on our A game, but we're looking forward to it. Yeah, it promises to be an absolute cracker. Let's have a look at the other games on Saturday. Cessnock come off the bye up against a Lakes United side. Uh, Lakes probably one of the biggest surprises last week. Uh, a lot of people tipped them against Central, and Central did a real job on them. So, uh, Berkey will have his boys fired up to uh, head up to Cessnock, but it's not going to be an easy task taking on the ladder leaders at home, mate. Yeah, definitely not. Um, Lakes were in the game until half-time and then just obviously blew out. They just need to work in their second half, but there's no doubt that Bubba will be up there getting to do the right things this year to in prep for it. So, yeah, there should be a good game. Expect, expecting a big performance from, you, from your man, Harry O'Brien, mate, uh, after you've given him a build-up on the show. <laughs> He's, uh, is, is, is that the pint-sized fullbacks club or something you two boys have got going? What's the story there? I don't know. Uh, we're just we're a bit of mates off, off the field, so it's good to see each other succeeding. So, yeah, it's good. Uh, we back each other all the time. So, um, yeah, it's good to see each other. Can't wait to go up against him. Two, two, two people, uh, mate. The first time we've had you on the show, but um, look, you're acquitting yourself well, and we love having Harry on here as well. So two guys we're certainly fans of at League Castle. Let's move up to Curry Sports Ground, also up in the Valley on Saturday. They take on the entrance, mate. Um, we talked about it just before. They're nipping at your heels. Uh, they'd love to uh, close that gap should you slip against Souths and... Look, even on the road, you'd think they'd be warm favourites against a Curry side that's had a bit of a tough run. I saw they ran a few of their first graders 
out in reserve grade on the weekend to get some more minutes into them and, and that'll hopefully build a, a bit more consistency and cohesion in their team for uh, what'll be a challenging encounter for them. Yeah, of course. Big cliche, but no team is um, going to be an easy win. But I really think Entrance has come in to find their form lately. And um, yeah, they've finally figured out how to run their forwards and play off the back of that as they beat us the other week. And um, yeah, different from round one. Coming from a win to a loss, so I'm going to go up there and back my Coast boys. Lovely, mate. The Coast boys to get the win there. The next one, mate, uh, we're heading to Sunday and it is Central up against the Northern Hawks. Central will be uh, up and about in terms of having got that win last week against Lakes in the local derby. The Hawks, I dare say they'll be you know, much more confident after having run you guys close. This, this one could be a really interesting encounter at St John on Sunday afternoon. Yeah, mate, they're a good football team, the Hawks, and um, they're due for a win. So, you know, Central finished strong. I just want to know if they uh, can continue that can continue that win streak. But, um, yeah, I think Hawks might, might have a win on their hands this week. Hawks are the upset. I like it. And the final one, the, uh, the Matt Leandry Cup, one of his former sides in West taking on Maitland. I don't know if you caught the uh, highlights or lowlights or what you might call it from the uh, Maitland-Macquarie grand final rematch. There was certainly no love lost, but Maitland might have a few boys uh, sitting out this week due to some judiciary issues. Uh, I know we saw Sam Anderson sent off, uh, Alex Langbridge Sinbin for descent as well as, um, and I can't think who, there was a third player that was Sinbin as well for, for running in. So, um, yeah, they, they could have a bit of a, a busy midweek with judiciary and, and sorts of things, which might bolster West's cause at Harker Oval. Yeah, mate, if Macquarie turn up ready to go, I think they'll get the win. Um, it'd be good to see how Maitland responds to a team like that. And, um, yeah, I think um, we're really sure us where Maitland is this year and if they're going to be top contenders. Yeah, they, they, they tend to do very well with the next man up mentality that, you know, the Storm and the likes have always, uh, you know, persevered with. So, uh, undoubtedly, those players that will step in and they've got some good depth, Maitland, uh, will um, be looking to get the win over West there, but uh, mate, that, that brings us to a close. A big thank you to you for jumping on the uh, this evening after a big day at work, and uh, all the best this weekend against Souths. And hopefully, we're chatting to yourself and many later in the season as uh, Wong are looking to emulate those teams of the uh, early 2010s that represented you so well and lifted some silverware back in the, the Rowan Kelly and Dane Cronin days. Thank you, Matt. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Well, that brings us to a close for episode one of this week in League Castle. Thanks to Sharp DS Central Coast and a big thanks to the man behind the mathematics, Josh Spiegelman, the stats man brought to you by Lake Macquarie Forklift Services and also to Luke Sharp who appeared from the Wyong Roos thanks to Shipley Meets at Rutherford. And uh, yeah, we appreciate, as always, all of our guests coming on and giving up their time to continue to talk about the wonderful game of rugby league in our local community. The good news is you don't have to wait another seven days for another episode of League Castle. There will be another League Castle episode in your feed in 24 hours. We'll be out at Gibson Oval at Morissette Live for a good portion of the show, catching up with... Uh, Harley Baitup and Mandy Baitup they're both heavily involved with the club out there Mandy also a player and involved with the combined Awabakal Morissette side in the Women's Community Rugby League competition so have a great chat with them as well as the Morissette coach Nathan Robinson uh, around how things are happening in terms of the bull season and uh, what they're looking to build towards and what their longer term plans are so really looking forward to that 
And we'll also catch up with Dylan McEwen of the Terrigal Wombrel Sharks from the Central Coast Rugby League. So another cracking episode to come at you a little bit later in the week. Again, all of our episodes couldn't happen without our wonderful partners, Sharp DS Central Coast, Lake Macquarie Forklift Services and Shipley Meets at Rutherford. We are immensely appreciative of what they bring to our platform and allow our platform to bring to you. So make sure you please do, if you get the opportunity or you have a need in any of those, uh, I guess, industries, make sure you support the businesses that support us, please. Uh, the social media channels, Instagram, LeadcastleAU, Facebook, LeadcastleAUS. Make sure to rate and review us on your chosen podcast platform, whether that's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, Google Play, whatever it might be. Uh, we'd really appreciate that because it helps us get out to a wider audience. And again, enjoy your footy this weekend. We look forward to chatting some more rugby league with you in 24 hours. But until then, keep on following the local rugby league and supporting your local rugby league community. Go to King. King will barge over. Will he get it down? Yes, he does. There's the premiership. Wilson runs to the line. He's got Buxton with him. It's been put on the toe. It's going to be to try. Joy Jobson's got the try. Window get their second. You're listening to Leadcastle, Newcastle, Hunters, Hunters, Rugby League.